It is a treasure serving Jesus. Would you agree? What a treasure. Just growing in an understanding of what he's desiring to reveal within all of our hearts. Um, you might just kind of prepare your, uh, your position in your Bible to John 16. That's where we're going to go today. And I do think it's important as we grow in a greater maturity of what God's uh, desiring for us to grow into, that we do understand and look at some of the immaturity of the Western world church, not to be critical, but to be aware. And so many times what happens in, uh, in our context of this part of the world, we gather in our churches, and then we kind of judge the speaker based on content and delivery. And uh, were we inspired? And were we dazzled? And do we want to come back and listen to that speaker some more? And it's like the Lord wants to take us beyond centering our lives around a speaker that we might grow in what it is to center our lives around the Savior. <laughs> He's actually the one we should be um, listening for and listening to in all he's desiring to reveal. So rather than you know, pursuing being dazzled and inspired, what we want to do is really learn what it means to grow and be empowered um, in the way that we're walking this out with the Lord and in our faith as we purpose. I'm trying to pull this up so that I get it right because it's important. I felt like when I was praying this morning, um, the Lord was speaking this to me. Rather than being dazzled and inspired, God is helping us to become awakened and empowered. You know, I've, I've said before, we've talked before, you probably recall the story of the couple that moved to the U.S. from Iran. And the more we're working with international leaders um, the more we're hearing from people in those parts of the world, man, the more of a, a comparison of the true gospel <laughs> and maybe what I've allowed my gospel to be, uh, there's a difference. We, we live in a, a society that's kind of worked at, um, you know, letting Jesus make us safe. Keep us safe, Lord. Just keep us safe. And he's really not wanting to keep us safe. He's wanting to make us dangerous. The, the, the church in the book of Acts didn't suffer great persecution because they had beautiful worship services. It was because they were filled with power and anointing and God was using them mightily in the earth. And um, this couple in Iran, you know, they're in a, a context of church <clears throat> where they would have to, preachers there lose their voice because they have to preach in a whisper. They can't be loud, and if you think about um, what it is to whisper for 20 or 30 minutes or longer maybe in a message, it's really hard on your voice. And so just hearing some of them talk about what this looks like, um, but when they, when they want to clap and worship the Lord, you know, they kind of uh, air clap. And they just have to keep everything really quiet because it's illegal to do what they're doing in the pursuit of the heart of Jesus. And, and if the authorities figure out what's happening, they can bust in. Uh, disrupt the meeting. Worse than that, people go to prison. Uh, women can be raped. I mean, it's a horrible, horrible atmosphere. And this couple broke free from that, and they came to America. 
And uh, here they are now in rooms like this with big sound systems and loud preachers. And it's like overwhelming, sensory overload. Like, can you believe the freedom that we have here? And it wasn't but just a matter of a few weeks, maybe a few months. And they're in a service. And the wife leans over to the husband. And she says, there is a satanic lullaby in the Western World Church and I'm getting sleepy. I want to go back to Iran. And they picked up and went back. And I just say, one of the characteristics of being asleep is you don't realize you're asleep. <laughs> you're just sleeping. And um, I'm just asking the Lord to help us wake up to the reality of eternity that we wouldn't... Um, we wouldn't just go through the Jesus motions, but we'd really become the Jesus movement he's called us to become. How many of you know there's a price to what I'm talking about? How many of you know there's a price to what I'm talking about? Anybody here willing to pay a greater price to go to deeper places that the Lord desires for us to go? That wasn't a very enthusiastic response, but I know you're responding in your heart. God is dealing with all of us to take us deeper. And uh, today I just want to talk to you about a couple of things that I feel like are really vital and a, a challenging, challenging word today as I've just been praying and reflecting on what this looks like. Uh, the Apostle Paul writes in Scripture about examining yourself to see if you're in the faith and this whole essence of passing the test and what that looks like. What does it mean to pass the test? We know in the natural what it is to take tests, and it can be really frustrating when we don't pass the test. But how much more should we be concerned with not passing the test that actually deals with the eternal realities of our existence? And so what does this mean? And, and, um, and I believe that the Lord is trying to prepare us uh, in the strategic season that is ahead, that we be ready for what he's desiring to reveal and we step into that next dimension and, and you've, got to, you've got to move from faith to faith and level to level. You understand, like, this is not just coast through and, you know, get my job, build, you know, get married, have some kids, get a retirement and throw some Jesus in there consistently through it all so I raise up good moral kids. I want you to know that that is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not that. That's the American dream. The kingdom of God is about you understanding that before the beginning of time, God whispered your name when he formed you in the womb. He formed you with purpose. Paul said in Scripture, I take uh, hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. If you've accepted Christ, would you say online or in this room, if you've accepted Christ in your life, would you say out loud, real loud, amen? amen. You've given your heart to the Lord. You chose him, but you understand what you're doing in this mix is you're taking hold of Christ for the reasons he took hold of you. He took hold of you on purpose, and there are things you should be exploring, understanding, and knowing. And rather than just coming together and judging the service on content delivery, those types of things, we want to discern what the Lord is revealing. And, and many times we walk out, we pay little to no attention to what God's actually revealing in the season that we're in. And we're in a very instrumental season of the church. 
I hope you hear something deeper than just the content of verbal words. I was looking through 1 Corinthians 1, and it specifically says God uses the foolishness of preaching to awaken God's kingdom in the earth. So don't get hung up on the foolishness of vernacular or preaching or, you know, um, the content of what I'm saying in, the, in just the verbal expression, but hear what the heart of the Lord is in this moment in time for all of us together. God has taken the church into a deeper place where we're going to understand He has called us to be about God's kingdom in the way we live our lives. And so what we know just in the, in the course of the past few weeks, and by the way, hats off to Next Generation Church. Man, our youth did a phenomenal job last week. Come on, let's hear it for the Next Gen Church leaders. They did a great job. Their worship, uh, Tracy and I were out of town on the drive back. We just clicked onto Facebook to watch the recording of all the worship and everything. And uh, it was so good, I almost got saved. It was close. I think Tracy did get saved, so... But over these past few weeks, it's like the Lord's been setting us up for some things, and, and let's just evaluate that. We, we've learned uh, that and really heard the Lord focusing and bringing an emphasis, uh, emphasis on this whole concept of what it means to walk in the Spirit. Uh, we've got the Velcro and the velvet illustration that was given, and uh, we want to understand what it means to train our senses, and spiritually speaking, some things feel like velvet. And they feel a sense of, that's right. And then some things feel like Velcro. And they feel a sense of rough. Uh, and you should be able to tell the difference in that. This is what we know. Human beings are born with the capacity to walk. But they have to develop the ability to do so. Born again believers are born again with the capacity to be led by the Spirit but they have to develop the ability to get there, to do so. It's a progression. You've got to take your first steps. You've got to fall down a little bit along the way, and you're still going to fall, even after you, are, you, know, you learn to walk. And so just practicing that and allowing the Lord to unlock those things within us, that was a key thing that uh, we talked about. That was actually Resurrection Sunday morning when we celebrated that. And then the following week, we talked about those two angels. You remember, uh, Jesus is risen from the grave, and we read about in Scripture two angels at the empty tomb, and it typifies uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And on top of the Ark of the Covenant is this lid, this atonement cover, and there are two angels that were there. And that's where the glory of God would be revealed. And, and what we talked about is this face-to-face -face space that we read about in scriptures where the glory of God was being revealed. And what we need to understand is that there is glory in face-to-face -face conversation. When I'm having personal conversation with you, then I actually find myself face to face with the very image of God. Like this is significant that we would understand. I'm glad you're here. I think our shoulder to shoulder gatherings are vital to what God wants to do in terms of impartation within our lives. But I also believe there's something that we need to understand beyond the shoulder to shoulder that we're never going to recognize or embrace or receive if we don't get face to face. 
We are designed for this personal face-to-face interaction. And it's why I just think it's significant in this season of the Lord preparing the church to go into the next season ahead. We need to, in a sense, pass the test or graduate a level where we recognize the relational nature of Christ and the way He's desiring to take us into greater places of maturity. Don't just dismiss what I'm saying. Church should not be viewed as a religious commodity. We're providing what you're wanting. You found a place that gives what it is you want. If you're here and this is home and this is where God's called you, then there's a team of people and I'm a part of that team. And in plurality, we want to lead the charge and provide what the Bible describes as spiritual leadership in your life. If you're looking to spiritual leadership in your life from this house, then don't just dismiss these action points each week when we start saying, let's not just be hearers of the word, let's be doers. Because it may very well be that as we're praying, asking the Lord how to mobilize the church to spaces of action as a result of what we're speaking, it may very well be that in and of itself is supposed to unlock something in your life spiritually that won't be unlocked if you just keep dismissing it. How many of you know, we're serious about what God's called us to do as the church? So I just want you to know your action point this week. Not to be dismissed. Face-to-face encounter. Experiencing the glory of God. Learning what this means on a personal level. Your action point. We bring God's presence to real life and that action point of how to go about that this week. Come to the table with other people, another individual or others, and explore a deeper place of worship by making a simple relational effort to know God's heart together. That's a pretty general statement, right? Basically, here's the bottom line. Get to a table with somebody and talk about the things of the Lord. And here is a suggested table conversation for the week. It's aligning to what we're saying, where we're going in this season. But As you're looking at this, then here's the suggested table conversation. What does it seem, who does it seem that God is giving you favor with, and how will you respond? It is easier just to show up and and put in all the points of humor and uh, all the things that everybody, you know, wants to celebrate and laugh at and, and, and... and not really mobilized. But you understand what's happened. We've made the church more like going to the movies when it should be more like going to the gym. How many of you want to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might? Give me an amen. I mean, let's not just settle for you know whatever might be routine in society. Let's allow the blueprint of Scripture to define what God says about who we are supposed to become. So just gather with people this week and make some room to have some face-to-face interaction. 
Who is it that you sense God might be giving you favor with? You might sense grace and favor in a relationship. And how can we respond? Do this on behalf of those others that you'll be meeting with as well. How can we respond and just love them well? I'm going to pray for them. What are you going to do? I'm going to pray for them. Uh, maybe the relationship is such you invite them into a deeper place of a faith journey. Maybe you invite them to a worship night or a church service. What does it look like? How are you going to make a difference? I'm just going to reach out, take that person to lunch. I mean, just some mobilizing of the kingdom of God to begin to invade the earth as a result of our surrender, seeing lives being drawn to that which God is desiring to draw us to in his kingdom. There are some things, and this is, this is a bit challenging, but there are some things God wants us to experience that we will not experience if we don't walk in obedience in the season that we're in. How many know there are places God wants you to go? I thought it was really interesting. I was just listening to somebody uh, doing some commentary on the Asbury revival. And they said, um, many relationships were greatly challenged just prior to the outpouring of the Spirit. Think about this. Many relationships were greatly challenged. They were dealing with this relational tension. And, uh, and they had to, if you have a fence with somebody, you don't go blast them on Facebook. You go to that person personally because you care about their soul. And you want that relationship to be right. And they talked about there were so many instances of challenges to relationship right before a great outpouring of the Spirit. And, and they described it this way. They said it was like God was testing the branches and the connections and the relationships to make sure that they were strong enough to bear the weight of great fruit he wanted to bring. You understand, when God takes us to the next level, but we're not prepared on this level, then he's going to pour out something we can't sustain or contain, and it actually can create problems for us in, if we don't move past the level where we've been. And so the Lord's trying to move us into a place of greater maturity to be able to sustain what it is he's desiring to reveal. Uh, and Think about it this way. God's not going to allow me to have the ability to discern you if I don't have the maturity to love you when I do. I, this has been wild for me. Just recently I've started to discern things and see things and sense things uh, that I haven't normally been able to, I, I just haven't recognized but I'll hear somebody say something, and man, I just realized that's got the essence of Velcro. That's rough. I feel a sense of carnality. How many of you have ever been carnal before? Can I just see? Just raise your hand. You've been carnal before. Just point to somebody who's been carnal. Go ahead. I mean, you're being carnal right now. Accusation. But you understand what I'm saying? Just you start to, to recognize and you discern those conversations. You even start to discern your own. You start to you say something and then you realize it just felt kind of rough. It wasn't like velvet. It was more like Velcro. And your, your spirit is starting to grow in a deepened awareness of what the Lord is desiring. But God can't trust you with that type of discernment if you become critical when you discern people that are coming from a carnal perspective because they're on a journey and God's inviting them deeper just like you're on a journey and God's inviting you deeper. So there's these places that we have to grow into. This is an important statement. This week I just felt the Lord reiterating this to me over and over. And I want to say to you, you cannot ride on the coattails of somebody else's hunger in the kingdom of God. 
You cannot ride on the coattails of somebody else's hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they will be filled. And when you begin to go deeper in what we're talking about that the Lord is revealing, then he starts to open so much into your heart and your life. So Paul makes this statement in 2 Corinthians 13, talking about the eternal things that really matter, the treasures of God's kingdom. And he says, uh, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith unless you, and you know, examine where you are with all that unless you don't pass the test. What does this mean, not to pass the test? Um, if you don't pass the second grade, then you don't go to the third grade. Is that pretty easy? If you don't pass the fifth grade, you don't go to the sixth grade. What do you do? You stay in that grade to master the skills that you need to master and learn on the level where you've struggled. And the kingdom of God is very similar, and I think a lot of people have spent a lot of time going around the same mountain over and over again because they've not been willing to mature and grow and learn and become who God's called them to become. I just believe that today is a, a very significant day of announcing some of the patterns that have held you back are broken in Jesus' mighty name. There were a few folks that came up to me before the service and said, today's an important day, and we're celebrating milestones of sobriety, and we're breaking into places of great freedom. And come on, I believe... I believe some of these patterns that have held us back, we've not graduated from the second to the third, I believe God's trying to take us where we step into a more mature place with Him where we can be entrusted a greater level of discernment without being critical. Then you understand that critical spirit will take control of your life if God awakens discernment too early. I want to grow in this. I want to be able to discern you more effectively. But I can't be mad at you if I discern you or it violates everything God wants to do in our love for one another. I want you to discern me more readily. I, I do. I really want you to be able to discern me or anybody leading a, a worship set or speaking breaking bread in the Word. I want the church to grow in maturity. But if you can't handle discerning somebody when they're off and still continue to love them, you're not ready for that level of discernment. So, I mean, there are a number of things we could talk about, but we see this over and over. Uh, Paul said this to the Corinthian church. There are things I want to share with you. You're just not yet ready. How many know there's a new season that's at hand in the body of Christ? And I just want you to know, when God announces a new season, he's been preparing us with readiness so that our hearts will grow in a place of maturity and we can steward that new season extremely well. And we need to walk into that with a sense of confidence in the Lord our God in the way we do this. There are a lot of different things that we see in Scripture that help us kind of evaluate or test or measure. And one of those, I mean, just straight up, we need to understand it's a perpetual thing. And some of you in the room, when I, when I say this, it's going to be, you know, like, oh boy, uh, you know, you don't want me to go there. You don't want me to talk about that. Some of you, you're fine in this area of your life. But the Bible actually says very clearly our giving is a measurement tool to evaluate whether or not we're putting God first. 
It's just one of those things. I'm talking about uh, Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23. It says, the tithe, the purpose of the tithe is to teach us to always put God first. And so I just encourage you to understand this is one of the most effective tools of measurement God gives us in Scripture, where every time we increase, then we're face-to-face, are we going to trust God? Let me ask you this question. How many of you trust God? Like, you trust God. Raise your hand. You trust God. How many of you want to grow in a greater trust for God? I mean, it's just this journey that we're on. This is one of those tools God gives us in Scripture that we understand. When we increase, we honor the Lord with our increase, and we, it's always been a part of God's plan for worship, always in Scripture. Just, just in when I increase, I give. When I increase, then I bring that before the Lord, our God. And not only is it an act of worship for you, deepening you and preparing you, again, for next stage development of what he's calling you to, but, but understand, this is the expression of God's kingdom flourishing in the earth. I spent some time talking to a few people uh, yesterday who were really impacted by the tornado, people in our church family. And, um, and some, of the, some of the conversations were, hey, we're good, you know, we're working it out, we've got things positioned well. And then other conversations were, we're really struggling, not only did we lose our home, but we lost our business, and there's loss of income. I mean, how many of you think somebody who's a part of our church family that walks through that, we should rally around them and make sure that we are supporting them through that process? Can I get an Amen. Now, let me make sure we understand, you can't go to church because you are the church, so we gather as the church to go out and become everything God's called us to become. What that means is our giving is how we do that. Do you understand that? So I want to encourage you, bring the tithe and offering before the Lord and allow Him to awaken something within your own heart. You have to, you know, in our, in our context, text give uh, to the, the number that pops up on the screen, or you can find this on our, through our app on our website or giving stations. But I want to challenge you to know this really is this perpetual tool that we come back to over and over again. Every time I increase, I just say, okay, Lord, here I am. This is what you've done. How am I going to steward what you're entrusting to my care? And the Lord is saying, I have so much more in my kingdom that I want you to know. I mean, this is the case in so many respects as we just continue to walk forward with him. And in this next season, our relationship with others and the way we steward our relationship with people is so vitally important. I want us to take a look at John chapter 16, verses 12 to 15. And Jesus is saying, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. There's more, but you're not ready. I want you to know more. I want you to have more, but you're not yet ready. This is, this is kind of a wild reality in Scripture. I'm just trying to be sensitive to what, what the Lord's doing right now. Uh, I sometimes feel I've got to keep the plate spinning and keep everybody going. And, and you know, I'm, I'm actually capable of being highly uh, emotionally entertaining at times. Um, and I really am scaling back off of that. I just want the Lord to have his way in all of our hearts and lives. I want us to grow deeper in our relationship with him. 
And there are things that he's trying to awaken within us in this season of time. And, and just, just hear me out. Things he's trying to awaken within us relationally. You've got to give yourself to relationships to really go where God's called you to go. Do you believe it might hold you back if you choose to kind of be isolated and alone, kind of take your family down that path of being isolated and alone? I'm not going to connect. I'm not, I'm just, we're just going to, we can do this thing. Do you believe that might actually be not good? Because it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for you to explore isolation. It is not good for you to disconnect. We need each other. One of the conversations I had yesterday, um, the, the person was just sharing with me, you know, the tornado came and all this happened. And like our community group came alive and immediately they're calling. And, and he, said this, he said these words to me. I don't know how people do it, go to church without really allowing church to be family in their life. And there's a difference when you've allowed yourself to cultivate those relationships that really produce a family connectivity versus this is a place where you come just to get your faith fixed on and get on down the road. So Lord, help us to understand what you desire in all of this. Lord, help us to recognize what it means to pass the test, to step into another dimension, to keep growing in our faith and our relationship with you. In Jesus' mighty name. John 16, 12 to 15, I have much more to say than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he'll tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. He's receiving it from the Lord to release it into us. This is the cooperation, collaboration of the Holy Spirit. Verse 15, all that belongs to the Father is mine. And that's why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. I want you to understand you know in part, you prophesy in part, and we hear God better together. We hear God better together. Can we just say that out loud? We hear God better together. What that means is I know part of what God's revealing, but I need your part to help bring that together so I can get a, a greater picture of what he's desiring to reveal. You cannot come, this is such an important statement, it'll come up on the screen. You cannot come into the fullness of God's plan for your life if you do not sacrificially devote yourself relationally to the purposes of God. Simply put, it's not good for man to be alone. Or it's less than God's best if you keep trying to do this on your own. We need each other. We need to connect relationally. If you don't know how to connect, there's a connect card in the back of the seat. That's called a connect card because it helps you connect. <laughs> if there's any way we can reach into your life to encourage you in your relationship with the Lord, in your pursuit of the heart of God, we want to do that. So take that card, fill that out, drop it in the station, in the giving station, or text uh, Destiny to the number that's up there on the screen. You can do this digitally. We want to connect. I'm, I'm stealing the thunder of our closing today because I'm hitting all of this, but you got to understand, uh, you can just get up today and say, ditto. <laughs> but, but recognize, you, you, this is not just about trying to do our church thing. We really are serious about watching people grow spiritually into who God's called you to become. We have a great responsibility, not just to preach sermons and build an organization, 
But actually the Bible says our responsibility as church leaders is to present you, the church, as fully mature to the Lord. Like, man, that's, that's a great responsibility. Are you with me? Like, that's serious. We've got to understand, we've not allowed church to really be what God says church is to be, and we all need to participate and walk in this. So let's say it again. You, I'll say it again. Please hear it and be clothed with this. You cannot come into the fullness of God's plan for your life. You can't. If you do not sacrificially devote yourself relationally to the purposes of God. So, as we grow in the Lord, these realities begin to be awakened and we really become more of who He's desiring and designing us to be. So again, your action point this week. Go ahead, uh, worship team can inconspicuously make your way up where nobody is looking at you standing up and walking right now. <laughs> there are all these funny memes out there and it's like I don't know what there's this one meme of an actual gorilla who's like walking like this and the meme says uh, the worship team when the pastor gives them the cue to quietly come up on the stage these guys have been sharing that meme it's so funny I, I just want to say this Maybe from a deeper place than I've ever said it before. I love you. I really love this church. I've never been more deeply convicted about what God is asking of me as a pastor. To not just make sure the boat floats, but I want us to go where God's called us to go, each and every one of us and all of us together. Right. I am dramatically, deeply convicted to not just, you know, the show must go on, to, to not give in to that. So I, I would invite you to have grace, um, you know, quite honestly, Today's message hasn't gone all that great. I give myself a C minus. Uh, I've done what the Lord is, has asked of me, and so for that, there's an A plus. But I, I want to say, the church can't live in a state of immaturity where they despise the C minus when it's actually an A plus because they're not listening to what the Lord's desiring to say. You, you get it? And what we've done is we've put together A-plus talks that keep everybody inspired and entertained. And the Lord is saying, C-minus. Uh, but we feel awesome about it. We feel inspired, emotionally juvenated, but not spiritually deep. And I would just say, would you please just have grace for me and for us as we find our footing in a season, I'm just being authentic and, and transparent as much as I know how. I, I feel the, it is another time the Lord is asking, are you willing to be a novice in the new rather than an expert in the old? I don't want to be an expert in the thing God used to do. I want to be a novice growing in the thing God's going to do. And I, I'm not too proud to stand up here and say, I don't really know how to do that. 
But I care about you enough that I'm not just going to get up and do the old thing the way I know how to do the old thing. I'm going to bump my way through. I'm going to stop preaching sometimes and just look down because I'm just like, oh God, what am I supposed to say next? What, are you, what is going on, Lord? I don't know what's happening right now. All these people are looking at me, and here I am with my head down, not saying anything. I mean, I want you to give me some room to have those moments, okay? Your action point this week. I hope you hear it from a little bit of a different standpoint, maybe, than you've heard it before. Not just something you dismiss, but something you sense. Conviction in the determination I'm gonna walk this out because I want to grow where God wants me to grow your action point come to the table with others exploring a deeper place of worship by making a simple relational effort to know God's heart together just make some room let, let me just explain something I almost forgot to do this Denise, thanks for sitting up here so I can see your smiling face and be reminded. Denise has an incredible amount of sin in her life, and I want to talk about that today. <laughs> That's not true. Denise took this challenge to come to the table. What a, go be church. Go be who God's called you to be. And we did this, you know, over the course of time. How can, how can we come to the table, build these relationships on a face-to-face, -face, discover the glory uh, method? And she shared that um, her, her husband would be at work during the day, so she would have people over to her house to have a lunch, to get around the table and talk about the things of God. Her husband retired, and now she can't do that during the week. So Sundays, it's lunch day after church with somebody that doesn't have a lunch date she's walking looking around just walk over by Denise and look hungry and she'll invite you to lunch so that's her table emphasis Pat Watkins she's gathering people you're not on my list to share this today so I'll talk about you again because I need to look at the details of it but she's exploring what it is to understand um, Shabbat and inviting people to a table just to grow in that understanding. She's got some key people she's been inviting. Uh, Josh and Andrea Sharp. Andrea has this really uh, great hospitality gift where she presents the home beautifully and, and invites people in. So that's her gift. And Josh, he has, he has Andrea. And so <laughs> they... <laughs> Josh is just... Uh, wild character and so you know the two of them like man it's a blast they invite people into their home they get around the table play games that's just their heart uh, Mark and Rosalia uh, Rosalia is a, a fantastical cook I, I know that's probably not even correct Spanish at all but amazing uh, she makes taco bueno like for real really great cook <laughs> I'm doing the best I can here sister and so uh, her cooking is baked to get people to the table. That's what that's about. And then, you know, Mark is just such a gracious host and, and a phenomenal guitarist. And so tying in their skill set to invite people to their table. Do you get what I'm saying? Ryan and Gina Perry have a son named Benjamin who's graduating this year. And their version of the table has been to invite Benjamin's friends 
to pancakes and Bible study once a week because they're just devoting the context of their life to pouring into their children or their child in that setting. Jason and Heather Shiflett have been inviting some of Julia's college friends around a table to have conversational interaction together. Do you understand? This looks different in every person's life. You hear what I'm saying, and you kind of dress it up as a conclusion that maybe you can do that, maybe you can't. Stop that. What's your context of life, and how can you cooperate with what God is revealing where you find yourself face-to-face with the image of God, discovering the glory of God around the table of the Lord in the way you're building rapport and relationships with other people? That's the challenge this week. What does it look like for you? It won't look like anybody else. It's not supposed to. And so every week I want to go through kind of some scenarios and share with you what different people are doing for a few weeks so that you start to get the picture. You start to sculpt this out for yourself. What is this supposed to look like for me? So I want you to begin to sculpt that out. This is where that begins. Just close your eyes. Open your heart. It begins first by you actively engaging in the table of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That's where this begins. So Lord, we come to the table of the Lord. And we just say, would you help us understand the very heart of God that's revealed in the table? There's something significant about these face-to-face encounters with each other. But it all begins with a face-to-face encounter with you. If we're not where we need to be in our relationship with God, then it's hard to find a place of healthy relationship with others. So we just surrender our hearts to you and we say, lead us, guide us, direct us. For anybody in this room who's not walking with Jesus, who's not given their life to Christ, this is that moment face-to-face with God, you just say, Lord, would you awaken that within me? Let's, let's declare this in agreement. Jesus came, he lived, and he died, but he's risen from the grave. If you believe that, say amen. He came to be the Savior of the world, but he desires to be your Savior where he would rescue you from your sin. If you agree with that, say amen. And he desires to be the Lord of our lives. Come on, let's stand together. Lord, we just take a few moments and we thank you that we are sensing something significant that you're revealing and you're helping us to understand how to experience that, how to explore that, maybe even on a deeper level. In Jesus' mighty name. We're going to just take a few moments of worship just to bring back to the Lord what we feel He's stirring in our hearts. But I want to ask you, if there's any area in your life you've been holding back, you've allowed yourself to be too reserved relationally, you sense the Lord convicting you financially about how to deal with that, Uh, you've just been dismissing what the Lord's been asking of you, whatever that looks like, 
would you just lift both your hands, whatever that area is in your life, just lift both your hands in this posture of surrender right now. And Lord, we just say to you, we've not figured this all out. We're all on a journey trying to find our way. But I thank you that you are gently, lovingly leading, guiding, and directing us. Today, we want to surrender our whole hearts to you. Everything that we are in our lives, Lord, we just say, we want you to be Lord. Take us to deeper places of maturity and a greater understanding of your love in the way we love God and love others. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. I want to invite our prayer teams, if you would, uh, come up on the sides of the stage. And as we worship, maybe, you know, there are a lot of us that just lifted our hands saying, I need to surrender some area of my life. Sometimes it's important that we get face-to-face with somebody to have that conversation. And so our prayer teams are available if you, as we just take a few moments in worship, we won't be long, but as we take a few moments in worship, you just need the prayer of agreement. If today you said, I I surrender my life to Christ for the first time, don't just hold that there. Come, let us pray with you more specifically and intentionally as you walk this out. Those of you online, any decision you're making, if you could write that in the field, send us an email, let us follow up and make the connection that I'm talking about today vitally important that we grow in our relationship with the Lord and our relationship with each other. Now, I know I need to get out of the way because, you know, time and all that, but just listen. We're going to worship. Some people show up to watch. Some people show up to worship. And some people showed up worshiping because that's just their lifestyle. Everything they do is an act of worship to the Lord, driving their worshiping. The third is the option we're really wanting to cultivate and all grow in. We learn what it is to worship as our lifestyle. So as we just begin to worship and sing, would you give your whole heart to that expression before the Lord? And now's a great time. Just come forward if we can pray for you, if you want us to join uh, the prayer of agreement for any reason at all. But let's take a few moments and just worship. Before we're dismissed, this is part of our assignment as a church family. So please hang in just a few more moments as we worship into what the Lord's revealing.